Hey everybody, welcome to Trashy Divorces. It is our Wednesday Trashy Breakups edition. It is. Which has been redirected by, well, the world of the Swifties. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Stacy. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm Alicia. I've been someplace else since midnight last Saturday. You're going to give us a follow-up this week for... A bit. I'm going to... I have a story. Respond. Alicia, sometimes we are just servants to the news cycle. <laughs> and for no particular reason, I thought this would be a great week to turn our trashy breakups lens to actor Jake Gyllenhaal. No reason. I gather he's having a bit of a strange few days. So we're just going to pull the Band-Aid off and make it a little stranger. We're going to talk about two of his more prominent relationships, and then maybe you and I can chit-chat about a third that's been getting some airing lately. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Cool. Commence. Let us, let us go, go, go. Sure. Jacob Benjamin Gyllenhaal was born December 19th, 1980 in Los Angeles. His father is film director Stephen Gyllenhaal. His mother is producer and screenwriter Naomi Foner. And apparently the Gyllenhaal line extends back to Swedish nobility. Ooh la la. Sure. <laughs> Ooh chocolat. I don't know what... I think Swedish chef from Muppets is... Oh. But... Bar -bar -bar. <laughs> there you go. Now, now that we've offended everyone. <laughs> With both of his parents enmeshed in Hollywood, it was not a big deal for Jake and his sister Maggie to become involved with movies, too. Jake's screen debut was in 1991's City Slickers. He played Billy Crystal's son character. Oh, I forgot about that. I really actually need to rewatch it because it's been coming up for me a lot. Anyway, from there, he had a variety of smallish roles, sometimes alongside his sister. After graduating from high school, he headed to Columbia University in New York, where Maggie was a senior. He was going to study Eastern religions and philosophy, but after... A of course he was. Of course he was. After a couple of years, he realized that what he wanted to be very serious about was acting. So he dropped out and was cast as the lead in the 1999 film October Sky. This was a very successful movie based on a very successful autobiography about rockets in the 50s in West Virginia and kids building them. Anyway. I missed it. Well, who was in it? Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> You'd have to check IMDb for the rest of the cast, but... Making a note. Yeah. Anyway, good movie from what I recall. It's been a while. I hope that we have all seen 2001's Donnie Darko, where Jake stars alongside Maggie and a six-foot-tall rabbit named Frank. It's a weird one, but I really liked it. It was in 2002 that Jake would meet Kirsten Dunst, who then was transitioning from being a successful child actor to being a successful adult actor, which is a tricky thing that not everyone Not achieves. everyone accomplishes, exactly. She was starring alongside Maggie Gyllenhaal in Mona Lisa Smile. Maggie introduced them. Spark, spark. Maggie Gyllenhaal seems to like be the collection point of a lot of things that happen in this story. I think they're very close. I think he and his sister are very close. I think they're good friends. No, I get that. But she seems to be a, a collection box, so to speak, of <laughs> things that connections that happen. She's sort of the Cass Elliot of Jake think, Gyllenhaal's life. Perhaps might otherwise be lost and found. Lost and found. Exactly. It's interesting. It's an interesting way to, to phrase it. 
Kirsten Dunst was born April 30th, 1982, and she had begun in show business very early. She's a very happy child, so <laughs> I guess to ruin that, her mother began taking her to auditions for modeling and TV commercial type stuff when she was three. No, I think because she was a beaming and happy child, she was very photogenic. And anyway, by the time she was six, she was on TV. She was in films. She played Tom Hanks's daughter in Bonfire of the Vanities in 1990. But it was her portrayal of child vampire Claudia in 1994's Interview with the Vampire, where she starred alongside Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. Oh, please allow me to introduce myself. That made her a known <sighs> quantity at the age of 12. No, so young. So young. Yeah, I guess there was a kissing scene with Brad Pitt, and she would later say that, because she's like 11 during, like, eh. She said it kind of squicked her out. Anyway, um, she began a long-running collaboration with director Sofia Coppola with 1999's Virgin Suicides, made some kind of millennial masterpiece, kind of, with 2000's Bring It On, cheerleading. Oh, that was a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, and she even played William Randolph Hearst's longtime partner, Marion Davies, in The Cat's Meow, which was directed by Peter Bogdanovich, which just makes this a trashy divorce as two fur, three fur, four fur. Twelve fur. Oh my God. It is, it's a trash candy abundance. Hmm. But let's face it. It was her turn as Mary Jane Watson, the love interest of Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker in 2002's Spider-Man that cemented her transition to adult actor. And as if on cue, a genuinely adult celebrity romance that teens of the era could look on with heartfelt sighs. She and Jake Gyllenhaal were the millennial it couple, while pairings like Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt and Ben Affleck and J-Lo, part the first, were there for us Gen X geezers. <laughs> they lived together in a $1.7 million house in the Hollywood Hills. and Just a little shack. Just a little shack. And they adopted a German shepherd named Atticus. Oh, Jake would keep Atticus when they later broke up and Atticus lived, I think, to 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah. Atticus. He's a very good boy. Yeah, very good boy. All right. Honestly, they kind of also modeled some very good behavior and also some more questionable choices. Kirsten was interviewed by People in 2004 and was asked about potential wedding plans. Oh, I'm too young to get married, she replied. Seriously, I'm 22 years old. 100%. It's so annoying that they put pressure on you. 22 years? Yeah, good for you. You know, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. <laughs> in the same piece, Jake talked about the media interest in their relationship and said, quote, Kirsten and I know what's real and what's not. We know what happens when you're both actors. Like, just intense spotlight, whatever. The relationship also contributed an early, let's call it a meme effect, into the culture with a London photo of Kirsten eating salad with her hands. Oh, while no. Jake looks on with an expression that could be a lot of things. Fascination, disgust, respect. It's not clear. It's a lot of things. He tends to watch his dates there, eat their food. There it's is odd. There is a photo of him staring intently, maybe at the guy on the other side of Reese Witherspoon, Maybe as Reese Witherspoon takes a bite of food. Anyway, if you can believe an account, isn't this Kirsten Dunst? It is. This is this is Kirsten oh, Dunst. No, because there's a, there's an abundance of food. It mm -hmm. is a Thanksgiving sure. cornucopia of Jake Gyllenhaal watching his girlfriends eat food. It's odd. Hmm. A genre, if you will. 
It's an art movement. <laughs> if you can believe an account published in a Rupert Murdoch London tabloid that was so unethical and scandal-plagued that it ultimately shut down... This is news of the world. What? Yeah, I don't know how much... Okay, so Kirsten and Jake were pretty adventurous in their in their ardor, in their amour, as they traveled through England. That's where the salad-eating picture was taken, was well, in London. Nah. She was quoted in the terrible, terrible paper that totally may have made this quote up, saying, We had sex in cars, in the bathroom, and <sighs> even by the sea, which I don't think in America... Like, I feel like she would just say, and on the beach, but by the sea, that just seems like a very British... Whatever might not be fabricated, might be fabricated, who can say? There is apparently also an account from a London boutique where the couple had disappeared into a dressing room and the whole store could hear them enjoying each other. Ooh la la. See, ooh la la just sounds better than any kind of other offensive noise I could make in <laughs> any other language. They did obviously break up, announcing in mid-2004 that they had split some time ago and remained friends. She would later say, quote, he's a stay-at-home boy and I'm an out-on-the-town girl. Nah. By way of explanation. There's a report floating around online that says that her mother was quite happy when they split up because she found the Gyllenhaal family to be a little too Hollywood, a little too snobbish about being Hollywood. But I don't know. Interesting. Lots of people say lots of things that end up on the internet. Anyway, for his part, Jake would say of relationships, not just that one, a year later, quote, I'm 24 years old and my relationships are going to be incredibly dramatic just by the nature of what they are. I'm at an age where I don't totally know who I am, so how can I know who I am in a relationship? Society gives us these ideas of what love is supposed to be and how we're supposed to act. And the movies say very simply, guy gets girl, guy loses girl, guy gets girl again. And I've subscribed to that idea. And I think a lot of young people of my generation have done the same and have been led to a lot of unhappiness. That is a hundred percent valid point, Jake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wisdom from babes. Anyway, he was 24. Apparently... <laughs> what happens next? Well, apparently these two have not stayed particularly close over the years. But Kirsten has stayed true to her not going to be pressured into marrying anybody. However, as far as I can tell, she has been engaged but not married to fellow former child actor who also successfully made the leap into adult acting, Jesse Plemons, for several years now, during which time they've had two children together and they seem extremely happy. And I think they'll be acting together. Mazel. That's amazing. Something that's out now or soon or early next year or something. Anyway, watch your streamers. Jake and Natalie Portman may have had a few dates in 06, but... It doesn't seem like anything came of it, and they also seem quite friendly, even to this day. It was in 2007 that Jake starred alongside Reese Witherspoon in the movie Rendition, and while doing reshoots in Los Angeles, they realized there was a little spark there, a little crush developing. Are you saying that sparks fly? Reese, who is five years older than Jake, was fresh off of her divorce from... Ryan Philippi. Philippi, you say? It is. I, We covered them and I had mispronounced <laughs> we, his... We had to... Still laugh about to this I mispronounced day. his last name all through my Hence story about our favorite him. intro of any trashy divorces story that has ever happened. And after recording, <laughs> I was like, wow, 
I don't know if I've ever heard his name pronounced, and so I brought up some clips. So we had to record a uh, little apology at the front. Anyway. Early days, those. Early days. Ryan Philippi. So again, we covered that in an earlier episode. I'll have links to related stuff in the show notes. And of course, that couple had two young children. Reese was very invested in protecting them from, you know, everything that was happening in their lives right then. So the relationship with Jake kind of played out in two parts. They had a first act early in 2007 that was over by the summer and friends close to Reese were saying like, totally 100%, never, it's over, over, over. One source told People, quote, she just got out of a divorce and was so concerned with her family. She just didn't have time for him and he really demanded that. But sometimes a couple just needs some expectations to be reset. And it appears that Jake and Reese stayed in touch even after it was fully and completely and 100% done in June, because in October, they were photographed being decidedly couple in Rome. What? Three months later, back from the grave? Really? Interesting. For the next two years, they were a photogenic staple of the Hollywood firmament. They were frequent watchers of the LA Lakers, which again is where more Jake Gyllenhaal watching his girlfriend eat food photos come from. When they split in late 2009, it seemed like it was a phase of life issue with Jake feeling very ready to marry her and Reese not being that eager to jump back into matrimony with literally the first person she dated after her divorce. 100% get it. Go be your trashy self, girl. Do it. The divorce, in fact, had not even been finalized until June of 08. So they'd been yeah, like, yeah, so give me a minute to breathe. She was going through a very intense time. And uh, apparently the breakup, though, was very hard on Jake. Mm. That's tough for Jake. <laughs> Even though things didn't work out romantically, the pair apparently remained very friendly. In a 2016 interview, Jake said of Reese, quote, she is, as I would say about most of the women who I'm close friends with or had relationships in my life, one of the smartest, strongest people I've ever met. So that's very nice. Yeah, very nice. I'm friends with many, many of my exes and say very good things about many of them. You do. You are and you do. So those are the two relationships and breakups that I wanted to spotlight from the past of Jake Gyllenhaal. But of course, there's someone else who's picked this week to revisit her own trashy breakup from Jake. And that's your girl, Taylor Swift. And I was thinking that after we take a break... Maybe you would want to help us set the scene here and explain what Taylor has been doing with this re-release project and a short film and a new video. There's a lot. Okay, so it's not all on Jake. When we come back from break, I have poll Mm. results. Mm, You do? From our Facebook group. And the interesting things that have happened within Scarfgate since Saturday night... And the re-release of the Red Album. We'll see you back in a minute. Hey, Trash Pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. 
Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So, Alicia, for people who do not follow the goings-on of Taylor Swift constantly, what is happening this week? There's a lot happening this week. Taylor has re-released Taylor's version of Red. And in so doing, made an appearance on Saturday Night Live. That happened. With a re-released new updated lyrics to All Too Well. And this re-release is because her masters are under the ownership of someone else at this point, and she's claiming her intellectual property, right? You know what? I really get it. You make a creative manifestation, and there's still pain there, and you want to reclaim Mm -hmm. what is yours, and you want to put that somewhere that is not inside your physical soul. Get it out. Taylor. 100%. Monday came the drop of I Bet You Think About Me, directed by Blake Lively. A lot of spiderwebs, a lot of connections. I will tell you that in the break that we've had, I have named this episode, and it is not a Taylor Swift song. It is a song title from my friend Jackson Brown, Call It Alone. I'd like to tell you about one line of uh, Call It Alone by Jackson Brown, which is, can we call it a loan and a debt that I own on a bet that I lost? I'm thinking about this song, Call It Alone on a Debt That I Owe, about Jake Gyllenhaal this week. We have done a poll on our Trashy Divorces secret Facebook group, which isn't a secret. You guys can join. Y'all can join. Just request and answer the questions and we'll let you in. Do you want to talk about the 14-minute movie that more or less outlined the very brief relationship that Jake and Taylor had in 2010? Okay, so they had a relationship in 2010 and read the album 
to be fair to Jake, is not the only story in Red the Album. You there, have a Connor Kennedy influence. You have a songs. Harry Styles influence. Yeah. Oh, you do have 30 songs. I'm going to get to them. I am telling you that in your Let's Talk About Jake Gyllenhaal, I did solicit a poll just a few minutes ago, and I have an update. The options were Jake Gyllenhaal, R.E. Taylor Swift, could have returned her scarf and avoided the whole damn thing, deserves it, or is getting nailed way too hard, which is your supposition. Right now, your conclusion has eight votes. (laughs) Out of... Oh, goodness. Uh, Deserves It has 22. Okay. And could have returned her scarf and avoided the whole damn thing, 29. We all know returning the scarf would not have avoided the whole damn thing. Okay, so I think that sweet, sweet Maggie Gyllenhaal has a upstate New York lost and found return box that just might be hers. And had Jake returned her scarf, Taylor's scarf, at the time of the breakup, after the breakup, I don't think it was just three months. So the the song that has the 14-minute movie is called what? All Too Well. All right. All Too Well talks about a scarf that was allegedly left at the- Not allegedly, it was boyfriend's left. Swifties are on it. Sisters. The return of the scarf. I, I'm not sure this is- So yes, the scarf was left at the- Sister's house of the ex-boyfriend in the song. It has long been speculated that the ex-boyfriend is Jake Gyllenhaal and the sister is Maggie Gyllenhaal. And the movie sort of adds to that. Not only adds to that, Taylor Swift really telling a story of so many of our trashy pandas. It is a repetition This is me and my so-and-so at this age. It is a universal truth through time. May I quote? And you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. I'm a crumpled up piece of paper lying there. Because I remember it all, all too well. I'd like to be my old self again, but I'm still trying to find it after the plaid shirt days and nights when you made me your own. Like, I did not know that a decade later, coming back with a thing against an ex is a thing you could do. However, Jake, I feel like you probably should have returned her scarf. No less than Dionne Warwick has weighed in this week with, I'll pay the postage, man. Now, to be fair to your boy Jake, he's been living with this since 2012 when the album first came out. To be fair to your boy Jake, I think the love letter too he needs to write is probably not to Scooter Braun for being like, hey, thanks for stealing all of her shit to resurrect all of this again. She really did affirmatively choose to raise the profile. Like, the 14 minute movie is maybe a little a little extra but yeah for whatever reason she decided she really wanted to go hard I think in this she, one. I think Taylor has had 12 years 10 years sorry 11 mm-hmm. with her friends to laugh about man if I had only put a label in that scarf please return to 
Taylor Swift, right? Like you listen to All Too Well and it is wonderful and terrible and everything that you remember about your heart getting broken. It's, it's so relatable, which is why Taylor Swift is as famous as she is, because she makes relatable music. She's a fantastic songwriter. Mm-hmm. However, Harry Styles and Connor Kennedy were both involved in the trashy breakup, so to speak, of her Red album. Yeah, that era of her storytelling. You want to listen to a song that will break your heart. It's Starlight, which Taylor has written about Bobby and Ethel Kennedy. Within the album Red, you have State of Grace. You have Red. Ooh, I knew you were trouble. Yeah. Whew. All too well. I'm feeling 22. We're never getting back together. Holy Ground. It's an amazing song. And everything has changed, too. It is a stellar album. I'm glad that COVID worked out for someone, which is Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Three cheers to her boyfriend, fiance, husband, Joe Alwyn, for being totally cool with her manifesting her outlet into something different. Yeah, you were reading me an article last night where somebody was speculating. I think this was... 2019 or something when Taylor had announced that she would be re-releasing, re-recording and re-releasing her older work. And all of, all of these music industry guys were like, well, why would you, why would people buy new stuff if they already own it? And she is showing that they will. Let me tell you that the All Too Well video has 90 million downloads from two days ago. The I Bet You Think About Me video has about 10, and it was released a day ago. Yeah, people will rebuy your stuff. We're for you, Taylor. I'm not against you, Jake. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is you probably should have returned her scarf. Would not have solved it. But could it just be that Taylor Swift is lousy with leaving clothes everywhere? Like, Mm. we have a song about a cardigan. It could be that... Maggie Gyllenhaal just has a lost and found box in upstate New York that everyone in the community, like, oh, I found these mittens on a bench. Like, maybe someone will come by. Somebody will walk by and need these. All right. So that is more or less what is happening in Jake Gyllenhaal's life this week. Again, not for the first time. I mean, this music came out years ago. People have been asking Maggie Gyllenhaal about the scarf for years. Poor Maggie Gyllenhaal is like, people ask me about the scarf and I don't know what they're talking about, but now I guess I do. Right. I guess the real trashy winner of the week is the public relations team for John Mayer. Mm. Because Speak Now, according to the rumor, is coming next. And there's quite a few boys in that, but dear John (laughs) is sort of the anchor of that one so at least they get a heads up yeah yeah i mean there is a target on you (laughs) so to wrap up um these days (laughs) jake gyllenhaal is about three years into a relationship with a french model named jean cadeau Ooh la la (laughs) that one works and yes there is a 15-ish year age difference between them but he has recently spoken about wanting to have kids and it seems like that's all pretty serious. He also seems like someone who's fairly reticent to put too much of his personal life out there in the press or on social media. And I just can't figure out why that might be. 
I will not be awarding trash cans in this situation, but I do want to encourage everyone who does not have a wildly famous ex to think about what a gift that actually is. It's a trashy bonus. (laughs) All my exes are nobodies, thank God. So anyway... Yeah, careful with the creative ones. No, shout out to Sagittarius people, Mm. man. That is a slow, slow burn. I appreciate where you're getting it out, and I understand those feelings. Taylor, I'm with you. We're all crying. The trash pandas have had a lot to say. We're in. Give us your next Taylor's release. 100%. Yeah, I'm thrilled by what she's doing as a business person and as a as a creative. Oh, I just love the rocks that media music male moguls are eating with. Yeah. What are you thinking? This is never going to work. And yeah, yeah, no, when you have people who like you and you're as talented as you are, not only Taylor Swift, but Maggie Gyllenhaal, who got a big award this week. Yep. Yeah, Jake, you're talented. Reese, you're talented. Kristen Dunst. Yeah, I mean, oh, talented. Yeah, I feel like the the guys involved in this are a little bit collateral damage, but also wealthy and famous enough to handle it. So, I'm John Mayer's PR team. I'm counting it as a solid win. <sighs> All right, that is it for us for trashy breakups this week. I believe it is. I believe. Yeah, and in the meantime, if you are dying for more of us, uh, head to bit.ly slash trashcandy to see a selection of pulled-from-the-paywall material on Patreon, or just join us at patreon.com slash trashydivorces and get new stuff throughout the week. Are you saying if your neck is a little chilly, you need a scarf of trashy divorces or maybe some gloves to keep your hands warm? And, I mean, if you're missing any of your winter gear, uh, go to Maggie Gyllenhaal's house. Who knows? Who in knows? upstate New York. She's got a whole lost and found. Please don't do that. Do, <laughs> do not. We are anti-stalking. Thank you, Trash Panda Nation, for tuning in. We adore you. Have an amazing week. We'll catch you back on Sunday. Chin up, Jake Gyllenhaal. You're doing great, man. Just <laughs> wait for John Mayer. <laughs> And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces. Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping, 
Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there, and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.